Okay, we're continuing in the second uh, installment here of Avedis Yom Kippurim. Last time, we, the last thing we talked about was the Kaingaldo Lifnai Vilifnim, putting the Ketairis, burning the Ketairis. That was in Parsha Zacharemah's Perak Tezayin Pasuk Yud Gimel. That was the, the Pasuk we left off with, and on our... Uh, Chart here, it was number seven, Hakdaras Haketairis Bekaidish Hakadoshim. So now, <clears throat> so the Kayangadol had gone into the Kaidish Hakadoshim the first time, he had burnt the Ketairis. As we said last time, he waited for the smoke of the Ketairis to fill up the entire, um, perfect, thank you so much, to fill up the entire, the entire Kaidish Hakadoshim. As the Pasuk says, and then once it filled up the entire room, he was allowed to go out and continue the Avaida. So what happens next? So in Pasuk Yedalit it says, So the basic idea here is, he's in the Kaidish HaKadoshim, and if we remember from last time, he had shechted his par, and in order that the blood shouldn't congeal, he had someone uh, shaking it, mixing it, stirring it, um, outside the Heichal, and now he's, it's time for him to use that blood. So he goes out of the Kaidish HaKadoshim, all the way out of the Heichal, all the way out to where the guy is standing in this neighborhood, the fourth row, the Gemara says, the fourth row of stones from the Heichal, he is standing here mixing the blood. He takes the blood from him, and he goes all the way back into the Kaidish HaKadoshim. He goes back into the Kaidish HaKadoshim, and this is number eight on the sheet, Hazos Dama Par Hakadoshim. And the Pasuk says, Vihizov Etzboi Al Hakapiris Kedma. He spritzes with his finger Al Hakapiris on the face of the Kapiris, literal translation. Vilifne Hakapiris, and in front of the Kapiris, Yazesheva Pomiminadom Etzboi. He'll spritz seven times with his finger. So it says here two spritzes here. One is and seven times. So Chazal understand that to mean that he spritzes it. Um, the first time is in an upward motion, an upward motion spritz, and then the seven times, and that's called alpineakapiris. And vilifneakapiris is he spritzes seven times in a downward motion. So each time he sticks his finger into the blood to spritz. And he spritzes one up and seven down. One up and seven down. Now, he does not have to hit the Aran HaKadosh. That's not the point here, is to, not to spritz the Aran HaKadosh. He, um, it's in front of the Aran, or on the Avanashtiya, in the days when there was no Aran. So, it's one up and one down. Now, Chazal um, say that he counts while, he is, while he's spritzing, in order that he should not get mixed up. Shouldn't get mixed up. But... Chazal tried to figure out a way for him to count that he shouldn't get mixed up. Because here you have one going in, a, in an upward direction and seven going in a downward direction. So how does he count? If he counts one and then two, three, four, five, six, seven, when he gets to seven, he might get mixed up and say, hey, is this seven of the total? I got to still do one more. Or am I the seventh on the way down and I'm done? He can get mixed up. 
So Chazal came up with the Eitzah for the person to go like this. And that's what we say. Right? Achas means Achas is the upward motion. Then Achas va'achas, which means to say, I already did one up and this is one down. Achas ushtaya means I already did one up and this is number two down. Achas v'shalosh, I already did one up and this is the third one down. And in that way, when he gets to Achas v'sheva, he realizes that he's finished. He has done one up already and this is number seven on the way down. So that is the spritzing of the Dam Hapar in the Kaidish HaKadoshim, one in an upwards motion and seven in a downwards motion. Okay, he finishes with the Dam Hapar, he comes out of the Kaidish HaKadoshim, and right outside the Kaidish HaKadoshim, outside by the Paraiches, was a little stand. A stand that he could take this basin that he has the blood of the bull that he just used and put it down. Now he's going to use it very soon, so we're not worried in the small amount of time it's going to congeal. Not like the first time around, it was a much longer uh, uh, break, and you needed someone to mix it up. So he puts it down on, the, uh, on this little con, the Machlech is Gemara, was one con, or there were two stands, but whichever way it is, he put it down on the stand, and now he has to go back out, all the way back out to near the Mizbeach, because he has to shecht, the Sa'ir Lahashem, right? Last week we had a Gairal, Sar Lahashem, Sar Lahazazel. So Pasuk Tezvav says, Vishachar Asirachatas Asher Laam. He now shechs the he goat, which belongs to Kla Yisrael. What does he shechs it? And the same we said last week also, there's a Machlaikas. Does he do the entire Shechita in the Kabbalah? Or does he do, do the Shechita? Someone finishes it and he does the Kabbalah. That was a Machlaikas we said last week. And same thing with this goat. He shechs it. Now he has the blood. Immediately he takes that blood, goes back into the Kaddish HaKadoshim for the third time. And he does the exact same thing again like he did the first time with the, with the, with the Dam HaPar. He spritzes one up and seven down with the same the same thing. That is on the sheet we have, so number 9 was Shechitas Hasar, number 10 was then the spritzing of the Dam Hasar in the Kaidish HaKadoshim. So now he leaves the Kaidish HaKadoshim, so this is, he had gone in there three times already, he leaves the Kaidish HaKadoshim, and he goes outside, and he puts on, down the Dam Hasar on the stand that is sitting right there in front of the Kaidish HaKadoshim. So he's standing right in front of the Paraiches, facing the Kaidish HaKadoshim, and he has his two basins of blood with him, the Dam HaPar and the Dam HaSoyer. So the Pasuk says now, um, the Pasuk says, in the, in the next Pasuk it says, V'chein The same thing you just did to the Kaidish HaKadoshim, do to the Ayomayed, and that is facing the Paraiches, he takes the Dam HaPar, and he spritzes towards the Paraiches, doesn't have to hit the Paraiches, it's not the mitzvah, even though it seems sometimes it did. He, towards the Paraiches again, one up and seven down. Again, with the same counting. Puts down the Dam HaPar, picks up the Dam HaSoyer, and does the same thing again. One up and seven down. So what he did in the Kaidish HaKadoshim with the Dam HaPar and Dam HaSoyer spritzing one up and seven down, he does the same thing outside facing the Kaidish HaKadoshim towards the Paraichas. In the, in the, in the Kaidish HaKadoshim, which way was he facing? <coughs> towards, 
towards the Aaron. Also back, forward. His back was to the is correct. Right. Towards the Aaron, right. So <laughs> westwards, yeah. <laughs> well, whew. you forget to put sugar in there, Tzvi? Yeah. <laughs> it's, good. it's strong. <laughs> okay. So, so that is V'chein Yasala Ma'id, and that is on the sheet also 11 and 12. Hazos midam hapar ala paraychas. Hazos midam asar ala paraychas. Like we said, it's not mamish on the paraychas, it's toward the paraychas. We've said numerous times uh, a vart that they say, that it says that when, ya, when, uh, when um, Titus came to, to destroy the base Hamikdash, he stabbed the paraychas, he stabbed the paraychas, and it started bleeding. And he said, oh, Kaviyachli killed the Rabbi Shalom, right? So the question was, where did that blood come from? So one of the Mepharshim tainad that, um, we've said this I think on, on Tisha B'Av a few times, one of the Mepharshim was tainad that the Pshad is sometimes the blood used to hit the Paraychas from the Kayin Gadol. So, but it's not, it's not a nice thing that the Paraychas should be dirty with blood. So a nace happened and the Paraychas absorbed the blood. So inside the Paraychas you had, <laughs> you had, uh, you had blood absorbed in there. Now Kolzman, the Shekhinah, is in the base Hamikdash. Yeah, thank you. Did you put any in? Oh, no wonder. <laughs> so, Kolzman, the Shekhinah, is in the base Hamikdash. So the nace happens that all that blood remains in the, in the Paraychas. Titus comes and he brings a Zayin into the Kayesh HaKadashim and the Shekhinah leaves, there's no more Nisim. So what happens if there's no more Nisim? What happens to all that blood? It's in there, the... Titus makes a little cut into the paraychas, all that blood comes spurting out. That's a psavart that they say, um, what happened to that blood? Well, I don't know how much blood really could have been in there. It wasn't the point to hit the paraychas, really. Yeah, yeah. Kasha, Kasha. That's a vart that they say. I don't remember who. That's also, there's, there's theories to that too. I'm, I'm just telling you the vart. I remember who says it, they bring it, they bring it down. Okay. So it's just a, it's a cute twist to this. Okay, so that is that. So now he has spritz from the Dama Par and Dama Sar in the Kayesh HaKadoshim. He has now spritz outside the Kayesh HaKadoshim towards the Paraiches. And now says the Pasuk, we skip a few Psukim here because uh, the Psukim are adding in different things here. V'yotso el ha-mizbeach asher lifnei Hashem. Now he goes out to the Mizbeach asher lifnei Hashem. Now this Mizbeach is the Mizbeach HaZahov. The Mizbeach HaZahov, which is Asher Lifnei Hashem, which on this diagram is number 8. We're in Vayikra Tezayin Yudches. Tezayin Yudches. So this, um, the Mizbeach Asher Lifnei Hashem, the Mizbeach which is in front of Hashem, is the Mizbeach HaZahov, which is in the Heichel, which is here number 8 on this diagram over here. So it says... He goes out to the Mizbeach. What do you mean he goes out to the Mizbeach? He's standing in the same room as the Mizbeach, right? He's standing right here in front of the Baraiches and he's going to here. So what's the Vyatsa? So Chazrashi tells us and Chazal say that he has to stand on this side of the Mizbeach, the outer side. Meaning till now he was standing on the side between the Mizbeach and the Kayesh HaKadoshim. Now he goes to the other side of the Mizbeach. Behind it? No. Well, he's going to, the Mizbeach is going to be in front of him now, right? He comes to this right. side. He's still going to face the same direction, right. but the, he's now on the eastern side of the Mizbeach, facing forward, the Mizbeach is right in front of him. So that's the Vyatsa. He's going to the other side of the Mizbeach, Asher Lifnei Hashem, Vechiper Alav. No, this is a small one. This was a small one. Vechiper Alav, 
and he's going to be mechaper for this mizbeach. How is he going to be mechaper? So the first thing is, he takes the two basins of blood and he mixes them together. Till now they were separate, all the Avedas were separate, now he mixes them. Chazal say he takes one, pours it into the other, and then takes the whole thing and pours it back, and that's how you mix things without, uh, you know, without a blender. You mix it back and forth like that, he mixes it, and now it's all in one basin mixed together. And the Pasuk says, what does he do with it? V'nasan al-karnes ha-mizbeach savit. Here it doesn't say v'hiza, v'nasan. He places it on the corners of the mizbeach. Which the basic idea is, he takes his finger, and on the top corner of the mizbeach, he goes down the side, down the corner, and puts a little bit of blood there. And he does it on all four corners. Now if he's facing the mizbeach, that's the Kaidash HaKadoshim, that's west. So he's standing over here on the north and he's standing on the on the east here. So to his right, his, this is the northeast corner of the Mizbeach. So he starts northeast, and then he goes around to northwest, then to southwest, then southeast. So he goes like to the right, always to the right. And he ju- so the Machlaik is in the Gemara. If he walks around and does each corner, or he stands in one place and he just leans over. Again, it's very easy to. Uh, it's very small. It's all of an amma, so he can lean over and do it. So that is v'nasan akarnes hamizbeachs of it. So we have here. Um, okay. Then, Pasuk Yutas, Vihiza Allah bin Adam He also has to do spritzing on the Mizbeach. So the top of the Mizbeach had Ketiris burning from the morning. This is where you burnt the Ketiris twice a day. So it says we want him to spritz on the Mizbeach itself, not on the, on, the, on the ashes that are there. So he moves away. It already was cooled down. It's been a long time since the Ketiris was burnt there in the morning. He moved away the ashes so you could see the surface of the Mizbeach Hazahav, and he spritzed seven times on the Mizbeach. Not one and seven, this is just seven times. So this on the sheet here is number 13, which says, I put them together, that's the Nasan, the, the four corners, and the spritzing seven times, the blood of both of them once they were mixed together, on the Mizbeach Hazav, and now he has finished, really, with the Avoidas of the Dam Hapar and Dam Hasoer. He's finished on the Avoidas Bifnim. He's done an Avoida in the Kayesh HaKadashim. He's done an Avoida outside by the Paraiches. And he's done an Avoida on the Mizbeach. Okay. What, what do we have left to take care of over here? So the last thing we have to take care of over here is the Sar Lazazel. That's the last of the animals that we've been using so far that are left. So, says the Pasuk, He now completed from the Kapara of the Kadesh HaKadoshim, that's the Heichel where the front of the Parayich is, Now he brings close the Sor HaChai. What does he do with that? So now he says vidui again. So this is the third vidui of the day, the third, the third ana ana vashem, right? He does vidui. Vizvad Allah is kol avoynis bnei Yisrael. Vez kol pishayim lechol chataisam. All the averes of bnei Yisrael. All the pishayim lechol chataisam. If you, anyone's learning today's daf, this 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 pasuk was uh, brought a few times in today's daf. Vinasan oisam aroish hasoyer. 
he puts the Averis on the head of the Sawyer. It's as if when he says Vidoy, all the Averis are transferred onto the head of the Sawyer. And Chazal tell us that this is the moment that all of Kla Yisrael should be misfada for their Averis as well, because Yom Kippur needs Shuva to be Mechaper with it. And even though the Kain Gadol is being, saying Vidoy and doing the service for everyone, but everyone has to do Shuva as well. So when he's saying Vidoy for Kla Yisrael, they should be saying Vidoy as well. And now he sends it off with an ish iti hamidbar. Rashi says, what's an ish iti? Ish iti means hamuchan lekach miyoyim esmol. The person has been designated from before Yom Kippur for um, to take it to take the uh, the the soyer um, to to uh, to the azazel. Now. Um, even though anyone could do it, but they used to have uh, they were used to have kehanim doing it. Chazal also tell us um, the chizkuni here brings a medrash that says ishiti means someone whose time was up, because it seems that anyone who the, whoever the kain was or the person was who brought the sire to the azazel would die within the year. Really? So they figured. It's not such a nice way of saying it. To kill two birds with one stone, they say, "Why should an extra person die? Let's find someone who's anyway supposed to die this year." You think it's a hard thing to know who's going to die this year? That's not such a complicated thing. He says, "That's the lashon." I think uh, let me find it here. Chizkuni says, "Yishiti." Yeah, so that's what they knew. So Ishiti, his time was up. Um, the, uh, the the Rashbam in the Pashup Shad he says Ishiti means someone who was Baki bidrachim uvemidbaris. He's a guy who knew the trails. He knew exactly. He had to go through a whole midbar here to get to the Azazel. So you got to know your way. So he says. So why is it called an et? Why is it called? What's time have to do with it? Uregilim b'chaleish shalchan. I say any time you need to send him somewhere, he doesn't have to turn on ways. You know what I mean? He's ready to go. He has it all there. He knows. He knows. He knows the. He knows the exactly the direction. So he's rogil b'chaleish shalchan. I say you ready? You got to go somewhere. He knows all the ways. He's able to go there. So that's the ish et. So that is here number fourteen and fifteen. Vidu on the sar lazozel and the shiluach hasoir. Um, La um, One second. So now, so now, the um, the Kohen Gadol. So there, were, there was a, there was numerous. According to the Mishnayos, there were numerous. There were, there were stages to the uh, Sar getting La Azazel. It was a long trip, really, to get all the way to La Azazel. The first thing would be that they would leave Yerushalayim. And you shall to get to the midbar. See, there's two things going on over here. Like the next pasuk talks about Eleritz Gezeira v'Shilach Esasar ba midbar. You know, first you got to the midbar and the deserts or whatever's over there, and from there, midbar Yehuda. That's really what we're talking about. And from there, then it's a long trek till you get to this cliff, this very sharp and stony, steep cliff, which is called Azazel. Azazel Rashi says earlier means a sharp. Um, um, uh, tough um, uh, ter- cliff, right? Because it's like, um, as Rashi says, Absalashan, the first time we bring it, Rashi says, it's like a high, sharp cliff. So, um, so, so it takes a while to get there. So the Kayan Gadol was not allowed 
to leave the Azara. He wasn't allowed to leave the Azara until he heard that the Sar got to the Midbar. Again, once it got to the Midbar, he was able to continue what he needed to do outside the Azara. But again, the fact that the Sar got thrown off is a couple hours later. So they finally made it there. The Gemara says, the Mishnah says, that there were huts every uh, certain amount, just in case he needs to drink the Kayan. Never happened that he had to drink, the Gemara says, as long as he knows his water, just in case he has to break his fast. Pas pisala, you don't get so thirsty. But there were t- ten sukkahs, it says, and until um, he finally got there. But from Yerushalayim to the Midbar, I think um, was uh, four mil, if I remember correctly. Four mil, which you say a mil is about a walk of 18 minutes. So Mamela, 72 minutes is four mil, Be'erech. So the Kayin Gadol had to wait in the Azara. He wasn't allowed to leave till the Tsar made it to the Midbar, which is an hour and change um, time. The Gemara says, how did he know that? Either the Pshat is that they had a whole waving system, like a flag system, like they did with the Masais, or they, they walked a mill, they, they, they came back a mill, they waited a mill. However it worked, maybe it was only three mil away, maybe it was only three mil away, but it was around that amount of time that he had to wait. Once it got to the Midbar, it continued with the Kayin all the way till the Azazel, and um, the Kayin Gadol then was allowed to continue. Now, when he got to the uh, when he got to this cliff over there, so Chazal say that he took off the uh, the red string. Now that's again, it's nowhere. I'm sorry. Here he says it. Here, let me just say. Oh, the wilderness was three mil. I was incorrect. Three mil from Yerushalayim. So that's fifty-four minutes. Okay, so about an hour, like we said. The cliff was 9 mil further than that, okay? So it was 12 mil from the Beis HaMikdash. So if it was, uh, so we're talking about every 3 mil is Be'erich an hour, so about a 4 hour, 3 and a half, 4 hour walk from the Beis HaMikdash, right? 54 times, uh, times 4. So that's how long it takes. So it was approximately an hour that he had to, that he had to wait. Now, but, so 3 hours after that, when the, uh, when the Kayan finally reached the, um, the, 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 the cliff, so Chazal say he took the red strip that was on the Sawyer's horns and he divided it. One he put back on the horns, another part he put by a, a, one of the rocks at the edge of the cliff, and then he pushed it off backwards and it fell over the cliff. Chazal say it didn't make it halfway down and it was already ripped to pieces limb by limb and that was a good simon when that happened. It was a good simon when that happened. It was a good simon also it says that he didn't even really have to give it much of a push that a wind came and pushed it down the cliff and it died and that shows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was already helping out with the Kapara. Times when times weren't so good either it, didn't, it took a long time to die or ran away. Sometimes it ran away. Ran away, finished. And we now, if you'll notice, not once in the passage does it say to throw it down a cliff. It just says to go lazazel. And here it says here this passage that we just read says, "Vishilach es midbar." He sends it out in the midbar. In fact, there's a Rashbam somewhere. The Rashbam actually says. Now, this is we've mentioned this before. The Rashbam's pirish on chumish is al pipshat. And he holds as a concept of pshat, even when it's neged chazal, even when it's neged, everything chazal say. But there's a concept called pshat. It's one of the ways of learning Torah. Rav, uh, Rav Schwab, in the end of Parsha's boy, I think, has a whole arichus to explain the Rashbam Shita. Because over there, it's talking about tefillin. It says, You look at the Rashbam's pshat there, he doesn't say anything about tefillin. He talks about putting your tzis mitzrayim on your arm, a whole different thing. And, and, and Rav Schwab comes to explain 
why the Rashbam does this? You know, like by Yibum, it says you name the baby. You know, Sounds like you name the baby after the after the dead brother, father, uncle, whoever he is. But Chazal say no. It does not mean there's no Indian of naming him. It means that he's Yakum Benachal and everything. What does the Rashbam say? Name the baby. Like you know, so he over here the Rashbam. Oh, not over here. I think it's by the Tzipari Mitzayra. Over there, you take a send them off. You just send off the live one out to the Midbar. I think the Rashbam over there says, just like the Sar Lazazel, Vashilach is Asar by Midbar. Again, Pashib Shat. Pashib Shat. And, um, and uh, the reason is that the Rashbam writes somewhere in the beginning of Rashis, he writes that his Zayd Rashi didn't go enough Pasha Pshat. He brought in too much Chazal. And that's why he's going to write a Pirish that's Mamish al Pshat. And he holds it as what to learn from Pshat. That's, that's I think, where Shrav comes out from. Even though, why, you know, the Torah, the Torah didn't lack ink. If the Torah wanted to say something different, could, why did the Torah write it this way that the Pasha Pshat doesn't sound, is not, it's not because it, it's not true Lahalacha, but there's what to learn from there. And that's the aside God of Bechlal in learning Tanakh, especially when you have stories in Navi for sure, and you'll have like a Machlaikas, uh, you know, seven ways what exactly the word means in the story. Because, well, which one was it? Was it all of them? Was it none of them? Why couldn't, why couldn't the Navi be a little bit more clear? We wouldn't have had a problem. Tarot says the story doesn't make much of a difference to us. It's, it's historical stuff. We don't need to know that. The, the Navi wrote it down for us to learn things. Every story to learn things. So Navi wrote it in a very ambiguous way because there's a million lessons to learn from this story. I, only one of them might have happened. Mazel tov. But the Navi felt here he could teach us with his ambiguous word so many different things. And it's Bechal. It's a way of learning, of learning Navi. So over here, so I'm just uh, learning, uh, uh, um, you know, Pesuk and Bechal. Tereshavik Midbar. So, you send it off. So it never says anywhere that you really throw it off the cliff. Chazal know that from Azazel and things like that. But let's say it ran away. You don't have to go, uh, go find it or find a new one and make a new one because you didn't throw it off the cliff. The Torah didn't say it's ma'akib. But that wasn't such a good sign when it escaped. When it escaped. wasn't such a good sign. So that's what happened over there by the Midbar. According to Rashbam, does he... Does he um... Does he understand the laws of having to do with the... the uh... So I don't know what he says over there. That's a good question. Um... Oh, I'm sorry, he says it right, I'm sorry, he says it here, in Pasuk uh, Yud, which is backed by the word, like by Tzipari Mitzayra. Afkan, just like over there, that's your Mitar, the Mitzayra, by the thing flying away. Over here, your Mitar, it, to, when you send it to the Midbar, mira habehemais. It's the place where they, where they, you know, they graze over there and finish. So he doesn't hold it that In the Pashab yeah, he doesn't, um, he just, it's another way of saying the Midbar. And it's a desolate place. As also like a desolate place, Midbar's a desolate place. But, but, but he doesn't hold the whole, the whole concept like the Ramban uh, of, of basically bribing the... Again, that's, that's he'll agree, not in Pashab it was in Pashab Shat. Of course, he agrees to it all. He agrees Chazal say he throw it off the cliff. And if you ask the Rash Bam Halacha what we're supposed to do, you take it out to this. He, he agrees to the whole business. But in the Pashab Shat of the Liman of the Psukim, that's how he explains it. That's how he explains it. Okay. So, yeah. What does it mean to put Yitzhak Mitzrayim on your arm? You have to look there. I don't remember exactly how he says it. Yeah. But he surely wasn't talking about Tefillin. 
And so that's and that's where Shwab is coming to explain. Like, what's he doing here? Like, this connect get what Chazal is saying. What's he doing? I mean, the difference between him and Chas V'Shalom, the Tzukim, is the Tzukim read Pashup Shat, and that's how they pass in Lahalacha. The Rishbam is telling you it's a way of learning Torah. There's part, there's, 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 you know, Pshat and Drush and, and, and Remez, all these things. These are all Ifanim. You don't pass in Alpi Kabbalah either when it's a Stira Tahalacha. You know, or at least you have to know what the rules are, right? It's not just a simple thing. So there's something called Pshat that the Torah, it's here to teach us something. That may not be the way. You look over there, it's a fascinating, it's, it's a Yisaitistik Ashtikah from Schwab to read it through, to understand what the, what the Rishbam was trying to do. But it's more than just the Rishbam. It's a real understanding in how to learn how to learn Chumash and how to learn how to learn Navi. Okay, so now, so that is that. So now the um, now the Kayan Gadol is waiting around there, and while he's waiting around in the Azara, he might as well take care of a couple of things he has to take care of. Which why, why should it be just bored here? So the first thing is here we're left on the ground here. There's still a dead par and a dead sawyer, right? Their bodies are still there. We use their blood. What do you do with the bodies? So now, the first thing is number 16. So there's certain parts of the, both of those carbonists that are going to go on the Mizbeach, right? The Emurim are the Chelev and the Kloyes and all those type of stuff that get burnt on the Mizbeach. So he slices them open, takes them out, the different pieces, puts them in a basin and a bowl, and they're set aside that later on they're going to be burnt on the Mizbeach. Then what does he do? Then what he does is, is number 17... What does he do with the rest of their bodies? So in Pasuk, um, for, from here, uh, here, once we, after Pasuk of Beis, things start going out of order. And we'll explain that in a, in a little bit. Um, but it, nothing, until now, everything was in chronological order. In a Seder, follow, it will go straight in order. Now everything veers off. So after Pasuk of Beis, you get to um, Pasuk Chav Zayin. It says over there, Veis parachatos, Veis seirachatos, Asher huvas damam lechaper bakaydish, so the par and the sar, whose blood had been brought in, Yoitziyal michutz lamachane, so it's taken outside the machane, Vesarfu vaesh asayrosam vespesarm vespirsham. So there's a place outside Yerushalayim, where you take their bodies, a makam tahar, it's called in other places, and there was this place that they burnt these types of karbanas. You burn it in one shot with its hide, its flesh, pirsham, or all the rest of the insides that we didn't take out. They get, <coughs> excuse me, they get burnt together. So Chazal say basically they, there was a way, the way they carried them out, they intertwined both the par and sar together somehow with their legs and their arms, put them on like some poles, and they had some kahanim who took them out of, so basically they're going. They, they're in this neighborhood over here where they were laying after they were shechted. They're going all the way out of the base of Migdash and then all the way out um, to, of Yerushalayim and burnt out there. So he's just waiting around there. Well, he's just sitting he, around. Right, well, he was doing this. You know, he took out the Murim and then he was involved in getting it ready and then he sends them out. What's the, what's the reason that these, uh, why, why can't they just be burnt in the base of Migdash? Uh, so any carbonus that the dam goes inside the Heichal, or the Kayesh HaKadoshim, like a Par Helem Dover, um, Shel Tzibor, when certain Karbanas, any times, then those Karbanas have some parts that go on the Mizbeach, and the rest get burnt Michutz Lamachana. That's just the, that's the avoid of those Karbanas. What? These were Chatois. All these were Chatoises. So, so there were parts that were eaten? No, no, no. They were Chatois. So normally a Chatois... Part goes to the Mizbeach and part goes to the Kaihanim. 
But these chatois where the dam was lifnim, anytime you have a chaz dam lifnim, the the power goes on the uh, the parts go on the mizbeach and the rest get burned outside the machana. Right? There's no eating involved in these. These chatois are exception. But it's not kula and oila. And oila would be burnt totally on the mizbeach. Right? Here it's only certain parts burnt on the Mizbech. Right? And no dam either on the Mizbech. Right? Regular carbonus, you have Zrikas Adam. Right? This dam was in the Kajikadashim, all different random places. Okay. So he sends them out. Hopefully by this time he gets a message that the Sawyer, that the Sawyer made it to the Midbar. And now he's out, allowed to go out to here to the Ezra's Nashim. And number 18 is Kriyas Hatayra. He reads this din of Kriya Satira on, on Yom Kippur. So what does he do with Kriya Satira? So he reads the three places in the Taira that talks about Yom Kippur, which is Parshas Acharemites that we're learning right now. Then a few Parshas later is Parshas Emar. It talks about Yom Kippur there. And the third place is in Parshas Pinchas by the Musafin, it, uh, which we lay in as, as Maftir. That's, what, uh, that's the three places. But he had a shtickle problem here, the Kayin Gadol. What was his problem? His problem was that he took out a Sefer Torah and they gave him the Sefer Torah. It says a whole hierarchy. The God, the Skan, the, the Chazan HaKnesses gave it to the Skan, the Skan to the Kayin Gadol. He finally gets the Sefer Torah and he lanes from Parshas Acharemais. Now, to get from Acharemais to Emmer is a very short roll. So it takes two seconds, he's able to roll to Emmer. But from Emmer to Pinchas, that's a long roll. And we all know there's a concept of Tircha de Tzibura. You don't want to make the Tzibur sit there while you roll the Sefer Tyra. <coughs> Which is why when we need two Sefer Tyra, when we need to lay it in two places, we take out two Sefer Tyra as opposed to rolling. Again, if you have no choice, you roll, but that's the preferable way of doing it. So Lechair over here, the Kayengalda has a problem. How is he going to get to Parshas Pinchas without having this problem of Tircha de Tzibura? So... Chazal say, okay, well, maybe take out a second, second Sefer Torah. You have two Sefer Torah, like we do it. So say that's a problem, because you can't have one person laying from both Sefer Torah one after the next. Because someone might say, hey, why is he going to another Sefer Torah? Must be something wrong with the first Sefer Torah. I mean, the gam of the first Sefer Torah, you can't have one person be kairi from two Sefer Torah in a row. So he has stuck over here. He can't roll. He can't take out a new Sefer Torah. What does he do with Parshas Pinchas? No, we also two people shouldn't be do two. The same, no, oh, the same yeah. Aliyah, right? The Aliyah is the, is the guy who's the kairi. We have a Balkairi, but it, right, we could be the Aliyah. In those days, whoever got the Aliyah read it. So, 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 it was considered one aliyah. Yeah, because same person reading it, same kaiyans reading it. Nobody is not a different person here, right? He's the, it, 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 so, it no, there was just one. Well, it wasn't like we do kriya. So there was one kriya, the kaiyengado himself. That's it. So Chazal say what he did was is he read Parshas Acharemis, he read Parshas Emar, then he rolled up the Sefer Torah and he made an announcement. More than I read is really written here. And he proceeds to say, Parshas Pinchas Balpeh. It says Balpeh. Now, lest someone think, why is, it, why is it not reading for Sefer Torah? It's Parshas Pinchas, not in Sefer Torah. That's why he made the announcement. You should know that what I'm going to read now is also written here. There's more here than I read. And I'm going to say it now, Balpeh. But 
Basically, his words are, I'm in a halachic problem that I can't read it. I can't enroll. I can't take out a second Zephyr Torah. So therefore, I'm going to say it by pen. Whatever, for the Kriya Satira, whatever, whatever that Kriya Satira was, that's all he needed to do. That there wasn't no pagam of the other one. Yeah, yeah, okay. And this is how Chazal set it up. This is how Chazal set it up. So that's Kriya Satira number 18. That's number 18. Okay, the Kaigado has now finished. We'll just end here in a moment. The Kaigado has now finished with this whole Avaidis Yaimakipurim. Everything, almost everything after this, any real Avaida is going to be stuff that's done not in the Heichel, going to be outside Mizbeach things. Some of them are going to be regular daily things, like, uh, you know, the Tamid, Musafim, and things like that. And therefore, he needs to change out of his big day Lavan into his big days of. And that's why after Kriya Satira, he does Kiddush Yadayim Viraglayim, which is the fourth time of the day. He takes off his big day Lavan, he goes to the Mikvah, Tefillah number three, Puts on his big days of, once he's wearing his big days of, he's Mikadish Yadav Viraglov for the fifth time of the day, and now he's going to be ready to continue with the rest of the uh, things that he needs to do. And Bez Hashem, we will continue next Sunday. So now, next Sunday, there's going to be Slichas at 6 30, followed by Shachris. There's also going to be a 9 15 minion. Usually ends up, people go at night and things like that. So we have the shear at the same time, you know what I mean? So wherever Shachris, you, you know, you have the shear is not totally in that. We'll have the shear at the same time at 10 10. Um, Bez Hashem.